0: Welcome to Alchemy Answers episode 38. Thank you everybody for tuning in and thank you as always to our patrons for submitting the questions and supporting us. As always, we are going to be taking questions from them first and if we have time at the end we'll take them from chat. We've got a bunch of questions this week. People are feeling pretty active, feel pretty inspired perhaps uh to get a little bit better at Dota for whatever reason. Maybe our good mood is rubbing off on our on our viewers, who knows. Could that be? I hope so. <laughs> that's that's great. the goal, right? Trying to... That's going uh, to that,
1: help me sleep at night. So we'll just say that that's, that's how it is. Beautiful. Um, if you
0: want your questions answered, you can go to www.patreon.com slash dotaalchemy where there are a number of tiers and one of them allows you to ask questions directly to us, interact with us on Discord, etc., and um, have access to some private Discord channels, which are still not being used correctly. Thank you very much,
1: guys. I feel like we need to name them differently. Just like name them, this is for this, this is
0: for I should probably change it from Alkalluminati assembly to questions only, you fucks.
1: (laughs) Only replay IDs. Yeah. Some shit like that. Anyway. All right, we got some questions. We got a lot of questions. Uh, first up, Terrace says, It's not really important, but I have a question about different regions. Oh boy, don't even get me started. <laughs> Is there a noticeable difference in the skills of brackets between NA and SEA? Uh, I would say no, not in terms of just raw skill. It's just different. Like, people in NA are very good at farming they're very good at like solo carrying games i'm not 100 percent sure with sea because that's the only server that i don't play a lot of but i know that with eu which i do occasionally queue sometimes uh with eu people are extremely like fight cent- uh, centric like they look to get active and to fight and if you just split push and completely ignore and just farm a lot of the time, you'll just win games on EU as an, as an NA player because people aren't used to somebody like hard farming and uh, being incredibly far ahead at 30 minutes or something like that. And um, also, I actually saw Moonmeander play on EU the other day, and he went uh, Midas, Shadowblade, Bloodthorn, bots. On Sven, and he was just running around solo killing people, and he was just laughing. He's saying, like, oh man, these EU players, dude, the moment they think that they can't fight, they go to like hard split pushing style strategy, and you can just completely abuse that. Uh, so in NA, it's kind of the polar opposite where people just don't fight at all. People just hit creeps and farm. Right. And uh, if you don't do anything, like, they're going to get huge and they're going to end the game. And typically, whoever has better late game will just win a lot of games in NA. But, um, it's like I said. It's different. It's not necessarily one way or the other is better. It's just it's just different. And I feel like a lot of people they like conflate this difference as oh SCA is better than NA or EU is better than NA or NA is better than EU. Like it's always it's always about being better. But I, I feel like it's just different.
0: Yeah, I I think I've seen a, a few like Chinese pubs as well. Just to bring them into it, and those ones at least just the ones that I've watched from like the higher levels, they seem like they're almost playing, like, a pseudo, like, pickup game. Like, you know how, um, so, I don't know. It, it feels more like they almost have roles in, in Chinese games. Like, they, they play the game almost in a sort of, like, pseudo-competitive style to some extent, whereas... Like you said, in NA, you're just gonna have like the carry trying to solo carry, and and EU, you're gonna have a bunch of people trying to like outskill each other and outfight. And SEA, I assume, is probably something similar to probably EU fighting, style. probably
1: just fighting nonstop for for no reason, like not even picking <laughs> right. into right. fights, probably just fighting from behind, running sure. at each it. other all the time. <laughs> yeah,
0: and That's uh, then in the Chinese region, you have like this more sort of controlled style, which is, uh, and it's not just like a. Uh, stereotype it's like it legitimately is how they play the game when i when
1: i was in china it was absolutely ludicrous and i don't know if it's still like this but when i was there and playing pubs i remember every game you could like predict exactly what was going to get picked because there was like a certain hero pick order in china like people just were like you have to second pick alchemist you have to second if we're second pick you have to and every game had the exact same 10 heroes minus plus or minus like two or three heroes it was fucked up and it was like, Alk wasn't even that great of a hero. It was just a mediocre, okay hero in NA pubs. And China's just like, oh, we well, have second pick. You have to pick Alchemist. <laughs> every single game. It was so weird. So I understand why they play... I'm pretty sure they play like single draft
0: in China. Uh, yes. I, so that, I actually understand why get...
1: they do that because it was fucking boring and shit to just play the same heroes every single time. People would be mad at you if you didn't pick the right hero. Imagine in N.A. if people thought... You have to pick this hero on third pick. You'd probably do it. You'd probably legit do it because you don't want it, your teammates to be fucking mad at you. Yeah. So I, I get why people play uh, single draft, and it's it's interesting the difference the difference in the regions. It's just difference in like culture, difference in mentality, how it's evolved in the tier two scene, and what their pros are doing, what people are doing on their streaming platforms. Like, there's a there's a lot to it.
0: Yeah, it's um, like a whole different subculture of like how the game is played and how it develops is pubs yep
1: yep china china probably is is the biggest the the biggest like difference in servers between any of the other servers because china is so like cut off from, from the world uh in terms yep. of like their their internet their internet is like i'm sure that leads to some some weird shit going on for sure oh, okay anyway let's see any more questions here and terrorists boosting is definitely rampant even in our con. It's not standard in na that is standard in na actually lots of boosters lots of chat lots of chat uh last crusader says would like to get one hour of coaching don't know where to post this jenkins uh, i'm not doing coaching right now but if you want to be coached by my 6k girlfriend uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm shooting over every coaching request i get to her <laughs> so she just did one actually uh carthos says oh, whatever. oh that's that's there's a lot of chatter here uh, okay
0: yeah i asked a question get your questions in because there was like no
1: questions before there might have been one question before. wanting to know what is the most efficient okay so bullet feta bullet feta says fingering are you a wasd middle finger on s person i find keeping my index finger drifting to f especially after a day of typing at work interested to find out where people bind item keys i'm using one through seven at the moment wanting to know what most people think is efficient or is there a no one-size-fits-all solution?
0: Hockeys are interesting, man. It's, i think it's, I think it's extremely personal. Like, whatever's the most comfortable for your hand and how you're holding the keyboard and stuff like that. Like, um, Who was that dude that used to play like with his hands like...
1: Jaw. <laughs> like this or some like shit. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> <could> literally... Be- <laughs> playing like that i'm not even kidding like yeah. legit like that yeah he's not he's not like he doesn't have the arm width that i do but he would literally be sprawled out like that he would need an entire uh com- usually in boot camps they use like the same computer c- cheap computer desk you can get from like ikea and it's huge right usually what they do is they put like two, people two or three IKEA. computers on it he had one he had to have one completely to himself <laughs> unbelievable That's so silly I'm a one, two, three, four, five uh, person because I played a lot of World of Warcraft, and in World of Warcraft, you've twelve billion keys that you have to press. So you would use all one through nine, uh, F F1 one through F twelve, and then shift in all of those things usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just I'm used to having my hand there. So naturally, you know that's that's what I that's what I did in Dota, even though it's it's probably totally unnecessary, but it, it is convenient because all of my skills are. Are numbers and then items and everything else is just letters. So right. I, don't, I, I, I do I do kind of like that, but I honestly don't think it matters. I've seen so many people with so many different uh, can control schemes and and hotkeys and everybody believes theirs is the best, but everybody's a fucking idiot. <laughs> like I swear to God, I've had so many like other uh, like competitive players be like, dude, you have to switch this. This is so good. Like this is fucking epic. And then you just see RTZ who is using like legacy keys or something, and then somebody else is using like their hand is is by the enter key, you know, yeah. their left hand is by the enter key and they're using like numpad or something like that. And uh, everybody has their their approaches, but it's it's like pseudoscience in my opinion. There there are legit arguments to be made about using certain options in Dota. Yeah, that's what
0: I was gonna say, is there are certain options that you should definitely, definitely try or have enabled, like some of the stuff that you've covered in videos. QuickCast, for example, is something that everybody should at least try. You don't have yeah. to use it, but you should definitely try it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've, we've made videos on hotkeys. Jenkins has a video on micro hotkeys. I have a video on how to build your hotkey setup, like based on what's comfortable for you. And I explained how I created mine. Um, and I think a lot of it just comes from like what game you're coming from, you know. Like yeah. I played a lot of FPSs and stuff like that, so
1: I'm. I mean, it, wh- and, like, what, we're talking, stuff, what we're talking, what we're talking about when it comes to hockeys is basically the science of muscle memory. Yeah, exactly. So, and 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 I'm pretty sure when it comes to muscle memory, as long as you're not you know extending your fingers like this or something stupid <laughs> like that, it's all the same. It's just it just depends on on the science of of uh, you know muscle memory if you if you really if you really wanted to get into that but I think I think the limiting factor is is going to be uh, something like uh, something like ping like you're gonna have these other um, limiting factors that are going to limit you far before you're limited by where your fingers are on the keyboard, you yeah. know what I mean,
0: I'm, I mean, unless, unless like, you have like a combo that you need to pull up like blink dagger like BKB blink dagger blade mail or something like that on axe. And your keys are like all underneath each other, so you can't actually hit them and like, like correct physically impossible. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> barring
0: that, barring yeah.
1: that, I think I think the human brain is just very good at picking up these little uh, micro mechanics on on the keyboard. Sure. Yeah. And um, you know, even if you have one key right next to another one, and if you get your muscle memory, uh, de- even just half decent, you're you're never going to accidentally press something unless you're fucking tired that day or something but in that case no matter what the muscle memory is doesn't matter if it's a video game or dota or whatever your muscle memory is gonna fuck up because that's just the nature of being tired and trying to do something with with muscle memory
0: yeah if you can uh, yeah. if you could type like remotely well you know touch typing whatever you can definitely play any video game because if you think about what actually like touch typing just like looking at your screen and being able to con- like transfer words, and spaces, and all that stuff, and punctuation to a sentence without even looking at your hands,
1: you can definitely play any fucking video game, for sure. Yeah, that that shit was crazy in, like, the early 2000s, being able to do that. Yeah. I remember, like, I I was in, like, a computer class, and everybody was like...
0: Yeah. Dude. Come on, man. I mean, I don't even fully do it. I, like, glance down at my hands from time to time. But, even that, it's like, compared to hitting, like, six keys for a video game,
1: I don't think I glanced. I don't think I glanced out. I've used the same keyboard for for years, though, for so long. Uh, anyway, uh, Vasilios says, Q&A, do you think using the DotaPL.us, I hate that they just named themselves Dota Plus. That seems like a really terrible decision.
0: Is that actually That's like, a thing? I thought it was help. just a misspell. It's DotaPL.us?
1: It's I'm pretty sure it's 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 literally Dota Plus.
0: Overwolf? I've literally never even seen this. I've heard people reference it. What the fuck is this?
1: No. Dota plus. It's like an over uh, an overlay for Dota. Oh. For for like drafting and shit. Which is cool. Why the fuck would you name it Dota Plus? You're (laughs) literally competing with the company. They made the game.
0: I think I think it was already named Oda Plus before is the problem.
1: The is... site looks new, man. I just started hearing about this thing. They need to rename. This is this is bad. I mean Valve is gonna Valve's gonna shit all over this if this if this gets any track. Oh, approved by Valve! Oh, uh, interesting. Valve is just like, well, nobody's gonna buy this because <laughs> It's Named the same <laughs> I just don't get this i i'm I'm not saying anything about the actual like function of the application. I, I have no issues with what it does. It looks really good and professional, but the name fucks with me, man. Our- I'm shocked anyway, um, I think it's ultimately bad in the long term since it's drawing for from statistics to make drafting choices instead of experience. Uh, from playing. I would say generally it's probably pretty decent. Generally speaking, you know, like a, a large percentage of the time, the majority of the time, but uh, I'd hate to pick to, to see, like, a percentage change where, you know, Anti-Mage gets, like, the counter spell because no longer is, like, Bloodseeker counter to Anti-Mage. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. Bloodseeker can't really kill an Anti-Mage because he just presses counter spell with 50% uptime and, uh, just ruptures himself you know like i I feel like this could fuck you over and it's it's not going to be perfect but um it's it's not going to be like regular drafting but it's it's good to have something like this to give you ideas where you can think like okay undying all right that's that's bad against pl oh wait they changed that in the last patch where the illusions do barely any damage to the tombstone now it works the other way around undying's really good in the landing phase against pl undying is good like it, it gives you ideas that you can like draw from those ideas but just allowing that to be your draft 100 percent definitely is is the mistake
0: yeah i just i don't like anything that takes thinking out of the process because most of the time the ai is going to be wrong like in quite a few niche scenarios and you're just going to follow it it's like Maybe it'll improve your draft. If you have no idea what you're doing, it'll improve your drafting. But if you've played like several hundred games of Dota, then you're probably better off just thinking about what's
1: going on. I don't know. I agree. I, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a huge fan of these like tools for um getting getting better at Dota generally. However, with that being said, I do like I like anywhere you can like draw ideas from as long as you're sure. as long as you're thinking after you draw the idea. I mean, I use Dota Buff while while drafting to just to just get ideas of like what people are picking, what their win rate is, what position they're picking it in. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't you know 100% stick to those statistics because, well, like certain things just you know certain things trend, certain things there's there's information that you could be missing too, so. There's just a lot to it, and I, anything that like oversimplifies it is going to be a problem. But as long as you don't allow it to oversimplify it for you, it's fine. It's, it's, it's good, in fact. It'll give you ideas. Anything to give you ideas is good. I'm sure. Bradley Dragon says, Do you feel that Earth Spirit in the pub scene is just a useless hero? Every single time I got one on my team, it's GG because he falls off and contributes nothing after like 10 minutes into the game. Literally any other hero acting as support does his job better that sounds like you just have experience with like shitty earth spirits because that's a good hero that's a very good hero
0: yeah i mean for for context i believe bradley is like sub 1000 mmr so i imagine that a lot of those earth spirits are not very good and um you know that's just something that'll change as you climb up the ranks still you're you're blaming something outside yourself for losing games and that's your problem and that's why you're at that
1: mmr so let's uh you know what if you do think a hero is genuinely bad and you don't want to see it picked you can ban it yep. uh you can also suggest your team to pick certain things like if you you know let's say uh you're an offlaner and you constantly have an earth spirit in your lane and you feel like the earth spirit's so fucking useless then pick sand king and suggest people to pick zeus like, you want to take control of the game in any way that you can. You don't want to just say, oh, I always have Earth Spirits and this hero's fucking useless and he's ruining my games. You need to take control of having Earth Spirits in your game. You need to suggest pick to your team and, and pick combos or pick shit that does combo with, with an Earth Spirit. Like, there are ways that you can control the situation as well, but um, just kind of saying that Earth Spirit is is shit is is not is not really going to help too much. Agreed. Justin Ash says, what are your tips on playing solo queue where your team is consist of four egotistical carries while being a pause five support? I try my best to support, but it seems to work every time. I think he meant not work. Uh, I played with my ancient friends as their pause five and I really trying to implement what I have learned and play in that bracket onto the lower brackets. So I'm assuming he's just saying, He's trying to implement what he what he learned, playing with the ancient friends in his lower bracket in a solo MMR. So fed up seeing my party MMR going up and my solo just drop dead. So uh you need to definitely like understand that solo queue and party queue are two completely different ball games. There are certain things that you can do in solo that won't work in party if the enemy team uh, has uh, has any sort of communication going on between them, and uh, there are certain things you can you can get in party that you can't get in solo queue. Like, let's say you're playing with an ancient player in party queue. Uh, That player might be good enough at Dota because they're ancient to say, hey, you go pull, man. Go pull now. Go do this. Go do that. I need you to do this. Like, They'll tell you how to win their game. And, you know, if you're a support and you're enabling somebody's game, then uh, you're you're doing your job. You're going to win more games. But if you're only enabling somebody's game because they're telling you to, you're not going to get that in solo queue. You need to actually know how to enable somebody's game. So it's, it's hard for me to say, because I don't know the uh, dynamic that you guys have in, in your party queue game, but I assume it's very similar to when I party queue with my team or my friends. And it's like, we communicate, we say, uh, we say shit to each other. Like you should go do this. We sh- you should go do that. And because it's a team game that results in people who normally wouldn't be playing at that rating doing stuff that would make them play at that rating. So as long as you are doing the things in solo queue that you're being told to do in party queue presumably you will you will win more. It's just good dota, but what I wager is probably happening is that you have some you're having some like mental queue, queue not not like, you know, not like solo queue queue, but queue as in like something somebody's like telling you to do something. In in these party ranked games, and you're and you're doing it, like oh go, we need war we need vision here we need this we need that like Dota's all about those decisions, and if you're not if you're making two to three less decisions like that because you're playing solo, that's like five hundred to thousand MMR. I can't stress that enough. Dota's not about epic fucking mechanics and shit like that. It's literally just about deciding to go ward at a good time, deciding to to place a ward on a shrine when they have somebody who farms a shrine. Um, making one play where you, you call your team to go take Roche. Yep. Like one single call, one single choice is what determines thousands and thousands of MMR. So um, you need to make sure you're doing everything in solo queue that you're doing in party queue. And I, I would imagine you're probably not because that's really hard to do.
0: Yeah. I, the only uh, other thing know. I would say is like another difference is going to be that the uh, the kit, the guys that you play with, they're obviously better players if you're playing an Ancient Bracket. So they're going to take advantage of stuff that you do as a support to get themselves a better game. Whereas if you are, you know, placing aggressive wards, um, maybe trying to play around your team but not show and that kind of stuff, and your team is just letting the, the wave be pushed in in solo queue, then you need to actually take on their jobs and start doing more jobs to have impact. So. I think at low MMR, you should always just play more uh, farm heavy as a support. You don't need to play more greedy, meaning don't go for like damage items. Don't try to be a carry, but just take more farm because it's going to be available because your team is not going to be efficiently using the map. And so you're going to end up with like position four, position three level farm. Every single game as a support at like two, three K MMR. And that's how you impact because you can actually carry games when you're a fucking support that has like 2000 health. And a couple items that help you
1: impact fights. That's um that's a really important point. Like, I I remember, I don't know who it was that I was playing with, but I recall it's like a pretty good player, maybe BSJ something like that. But um, I know there are are a lot of uh, professional players that think, in a way, where a good Dota player is not just somebody who executes some good Dota like a robot. It's more like if the enemy team gives you an opening to do something, you take it. And basically what Donnie is saying is like, if your team is allowing you to get farm, even if it's not something that should be normal, or if the enemy team's letting you get farm and you take it, that is what makes you good. Like if you can scale to become a core, even though that probably wouldn't happen in party game because your team would be taking all of the farm in the map, it's part of being a good Dota player to recognize that and say, okay, I'm a core this game. And it's really important to not assume that these two play, like Party Queue and Solo Queue, are the same thing at all. You need to take every single game minute by minute, making different decisions. Every game of Dota is different. And if you can't team fight in one game, it doesn't mean that in the exact same draft, you won't be able to team fight in another game. You should never just do one build, you should always just think. Okay, is there like a free lane to farm right now? Do I need to fight right now? Can we just split push to win the game? There are so many decisions that you can just make where if the enemy team gives you an opening or fuck, if your team gives you an opening, it's better to take that even though it's abnormal. Okay, I get a Radiance on Pudge this game because nobody's doing anything. Now you go into the late game. You have twenty thousand damage and and health on Pudge, and you're like this hard carry. Even though who the fuck does that on Pudge, but they let you do it, so you do it. Yep. Um, and it's really important to allow yourself to to take those openings and not just constrain yourself to like this. This is how Dota is played.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just want to give one final specific example, which is when I was trying to do this little experiment of uh, supporting my way out of the trench, quote unquote, just kind of like a social experiment. Um, I had a 900 MMR account or 1,000 MMR account and get like 90% win rate over 20 games oh, or something like that. I
1: just personally got an eight-year ban for that, Donnie. Yeah.
0: I mean, this is why I don't oh. do it. It was, it oh. was literally just uh, all I had to do to win these games was I would pick position five. I would say, I'm playing position five. I would buy every single ward. I would buy all the sentries. I finished every single game with like 4,000 gold spent on support items, but I also had like five items because... I ended up just de-pushing waves and pushing out waves constantly. Because nobody else was doing it. They were all just farming the jungle. And I made an insane amount of space for my team. And I carried games with better spell casting, positioning, and item usage in fights. And I still had the most support items bought in the entire game. Every single game. So, you know, just play support, but play it with like six items. You're going to feel like a fucking god.
1: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, I, I just... Well, I just released this video about Weehaw playing Windranger, and for like 5 to 10 minutes, he literally just runs around pushing out waves. He doesn't hit a single jungle camp. A, a lot of the time, a, a very good way to just win more Dota is to literally just fucking push lanes more. Yeah, Like, if you just push, push a lane once, when otherwise you would just go and be useless in jungle, that could legit be game-winning. Just one creep wave, because... Then you take a fight, you win the fight, oh great, there's a lane pushed in, we can go racks. Or you take a fight, uh, you win the fight because you pushed in the lane, so somebody was responding to it. Like, it it, it cannot be, it's, it's very difficult to express how good creep waves are to push and how little low-rated players value it and how much they should Yep. Like, that is one of the biggest problems in low MMR is that people will hit jungle when they have an opportunity to push out a creep wave. People in high-rated games will fucking suicide to push out creep waves. That's how good they are. It's worth dying to get creep waves out of your base. Yep, Or, or to get a creep wave into the enemy base. Shit like that. It's so important.
0: Yeah, actually, okay. just today... Sorry, this is very... T- <laughs> we no, going Rob. super long, but I played... The one game I played before doing this show, I was playing Undying, who's like, obviously... Probably probably the worst wave pusher in all of Dota. Um, yeah. And we were against a Nature's Prophet. And I ended up de-pushing a lot because nobody else was doing it. And, in fact, there was a moment where our team was smoking into the enemy jungle. And they started to engage in a bad fight on the enemy shrine. I said, guys, I'm not fighting here. I'm going to go de-push our top lane. And then Nature's Prophet TP'd into our base and started hitting our tier 3. And I was like, all right, see ya. I literally TP'd out in the middle of a fight and depushed a lane, we would have lost racks and lost the fight at the same time. And as a result of me leaving and depushing the lane, we saved the racks. A couple other people got out of the fight and we ended up winning the game. Probably in large part because of that specific decision where I didn't hard commit to a fight that my team was hard committing to and saved the
1: racks, which would have pressured us. Yeah. Um,. To give, to give you a kind of uh, other other example, I guess of what like a, a tier two team thinks when they lose a game. We my my team played a scrim, and I won't say who we were scrimming because people hate that and it's you know taboo or whatever. But we we lost a scrim. We've been winning a lot lately, which is excellent. And this team that we lost to, we we consistently you know do very well do very well against them. And uh, we we were like 20k gold up or something like that in a, in a game against them. And we ended up getting split push. And we ended up throwing and just losing the game. Well, we lost the game. I shouldn't say we threw. We lost the game. We got outplayed. And our takeaway from the game, one of the big takeaways, we had like two or three takeaways. It's usually uh, certain plays that we want to make. Hello? Uh, alchemy answers? No problem. <laughs> it was just Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> I think she finished coaching or something. Anyway. Uh, so basically one of our big takeaways from the game like the number one takeaway was somebody should have bought bots that's it like that is it that is literally a takeaway from what a you know tier two team looks at at, and when uh, i don't know if tier one teams do that i don't know that but i can tell you that a tier two team that is literally our, our big takeaway from the game is like Somebody should have had bots. We needed somebody to shove out waves. That is fucking it. All of the place. It was like a 70 minute game or something too. Right.
0: Right. And just all, minutes. all the and stuff, that of- all the bad stuff happened because there were waves pushed in. Right. <laughs> right. Out of
1: all of the mechanical things that happen, all of the fuck ups, all the plays, all of the rotations, all of the smokes, all of the epic team fights. Somebody should have had bots. We had three heroes that could add bots. Somebody should have had bots. Like we had constantly had to respond to their, to their push. And, uh, that's it. That That's how important creep waves are. Is it's just like, you, you actually want like one bots buyer in every game. Um, if if you just buy bots in every game and you just shove creep waves and play the dead lane, you'll legit win so much Dota. Like Obviously, you want to pick heroes that can do it. Right. But if you pick some Sand King or Batrider and you just buy bots and just shove the lane that the enemy team doesn't want to be shoved in constantly and then travels to your team to fight... It's such easy MMR, man. So fucking easy. People do not know how to deal with that, especially in pubs. You'll legit get like... uh, You'll get like top 200 or something doing that. People don't deal with that well uh, up until top 200. Yep. Totally. Okay. Uh, Kin Ryuko says, I play a lot of support and I die a lot because of my positioning. I try to stay behind so I can cast my defensive items on my carries, but often I still get picked off because... I walk too far to the front. Because of this, I find myself buying Ether Lens on almost every support hero and just try to stay further back. What do you guys think about this? Maybe I should just get a Blink or Glimmer beforehand to get my spells off. Some examples: Lich, Warlock, Grimstroke, Bane. Um, I don't think you need. A, I don't think that you need an Aetherlands Lens on Warlock. I think that that hero has incredibly long cast range. And uh, that's a waste of gold on that hero. You want you want other items. You want like a glimmer. You want a force. Even building into an axe is kind of legit on warlock. Yeah. Uh, Lich. I also think it, it's totally unnecessary for what that hero wants to do. You you have to consider what the hero's like primary role is in team fights. So Bane in Ether Lens is legitimately good on Bane because getting off a fiend's grip is a crucial part of of being Bane. Like your positioning, you have to actually stand there and channel it, and you have to nightmare a certain person, and, and all of these things require require you to be positioned in, in a certain way so getting an ether lens extends the range where you can like stand on the high ground or stand in trees and do that warlock you literally just run in press all of your buttons and then die and it's fine so an ether lens is fucking worthless on him because your life is invaluable lich same thing the the way you want to play lich run in throw out all your spells and then you you put your ice armor on somebody and somebody becomes very tanky like you save somebody with ice armor you run in throw all your spells you die that's fine uh Grimstroke, very similar like you run in Use use your ulti, put your silence on two people, and you die, and it's fine. Uh, I think Bane is well. Actually, Grim Grim Ether Lens still isn't that bad, just because it gives you like extended range. On, yeah, I like,
0: would, I wouldn't completely of- agree. I, I I think that you're right on Warlock. That that hero, you basically just like all you have to do is just get off your spell, like your two spells. But I think that I don't think that going Ether Lens every hero every game is correct. I do think that it is a creative solution to the problem that you're having. And that's a good thing that you're actually thinking about this issue that you're having and trying to solve it in like a, a logical way. I do think that you should spend some time looking at your replays and critiquing yourself and your movement in fights because that is something that you absolutely do need to improve. Like, If you are a good support player, you will get off several rounds of spells regardless of how much farm you have because you will understand where you need to be standing at all times. And you'll be thinking ahead of, like, who's going to try and kill me, and whether the move that I'm making right now is risky or not. Um, so that's a huge part of playing support, is being able to cast multiple rounds of spells without farm. Um, that being said, I uh, I don't hate the idea <laughs> of just buying Aether Lens on a lot of heroes. You know, it solves a lot of your problems. But I... Like I said, I think it's a crutch. It's, it's to, like To
1: me, to me, it's just like a diminishing returns thing yeah. where it's not bad. It's just there are better things that you can be doing. Exactly. Given the main purpose of that hero. I think it's good if you can survive on Lich. I think you should try to do that if you can. But you need to first understand what the most important thing for you to do in a team fight is. The most important thing for you to do in a team fight on Lich, in my opinion, is not to get ulti off. It's not to get your stun off. Not to get your frost blast off, it's to save somebody with your uh your frost shield. I think that is the best reason to pick Lich. I think Grimstroke, people pick it for this for the ultimate. Sometimes the silence, but it's mostly the ultimate. So if that's your job in the game, you need to do whatever it takes to, to get that off, whether it's having a glimmer, whether it's having an ether lens, whether you can just run in and die and get it off. It's just really important that when you're picking items for a hero. You're thinking about realistically what is happening in a team fight. What do you need to do, and how do you item? How do you itemize to do that? A lot of the time on heroes that aren't that these heroes you listed that aren't Bane, I think that it's way more fine that you just you just get your spells off and you die. I don't think that it's good, but I think it's more fine just considering their jobs. And I think that's why you would lean towards those other items that are going to help you get the spells off, but also do a bunch of other shit as well. Whereas with Bane, like the ether lens, I, I legit think like Bane ether lens first is, I mean you see that all the time. Yeah. If you're gonna be That's sitting
0: too... in trees out of vision gripping somebody, you like yeah, win, yeah. win the fight just, every totally time.
1: Grim. It's so game winning. I shouldn't say it's important, it's just so fucking game winning. Yep. It's so game winning. It's really game game winning on like a Grimstroke to have uh, you know, like a spirit vessel, depending on the game. You get two spirit vessels off. It's really yep. game winning to have an ether lens if you like really want to get the ultimate off in a fight or get the silence on like an important target like a weaver or something. Yep. It just depends on how you see the team fights going. That's a really important uh, thing to do mentally. Is just like think about how the team fights should go for you guys to win the fight and then itemize to to do whatever your job is in that fight better. Exactly. I think a lot of people aren't thinking about how the fights are realistically going to go. An example that Sham always used to uh, give give is is that uh, people would say like oh spear picker counters drow because um, you can get right on top of Drow, and, and Drow doesn't like that. But then, realistically, what does a Drow do in a team fight? She just sits back, and if he charges in, she's just gonna fucking gust him away. It's <laughs> it's like it's actually the opposite. It's like thinking spearbreakers is a counter to Ember Spirit because Ember doesn't want to get locked down, and Ember's mobile, and Spearbreaker counters like mobile heroes. Well, no, because realistically, what happens in a team fight is the Ember presses Sleight of Fist, and you don't even need a Searing Chains. Yeah, I learned this. You don't even need Searing Chains. It <laughs> just so cancels. It just cancels. Yeah. It just fucking cancels. <laughs> so like realistically, you have to think about what is going to actually happen in a fight for you to win and what is going to help you do that. So against a drought, you go fucking Shadowblade on breaker because that's the only way you prevent the gust. Yep. Totally. Chevra says, how important is it for your offlaner to be your aura carrier? I often play heroes like Pango and Windranger at the three position, which aren't typically aura carriers. I fucking love this question, by the way. I know that Seb still pick up, uh, picks up RS like a guard on his NP. Is that something you should be doing as a position three, regardless of your hero? I fucking love this question. Yeah, this by is though. a
0: really is good it, question. This is an MVP question.
1: This, <laughs> this is something I think about a lot. And um, the way that the way that I think about this is, and Windranger is like a really good example because I think Windranger is actually a decent offlaner right now. So the way that I think about this is like, okay, number one, the easy solution is like. Just have a support by by the important like aura items. That that's a fucking easy solution. Number one, uh, but let's ignore that one because that's kind of a trivial solution to the problem. So I think enchant is another good example of a hero where like you want dragon lance, you want these other non aura items, but you'd also kind of like the auras. Um, and I would say it just it it really depends on the game. And in a lot of games, these and they are good in Dota because of a certain playstyle on them that requires certain items uh doom is another great example where people go for the uh, drums blink uh bkb refresher build where you just literally itemize around like off your dude and i think that's pretty good but you also see people building crimson guards and shit on Doom. Uh, there are some games where it's so important and it calls for those items and i legitimately think that there are some games on wind ranger where you should probably build a vlads you should probably build a blink but basically that I solve this problem is that number one in pubs I usually go for the greedier option but which is like going for whatever the, the general items are on the here like Windranger for example going for like the MKB sort of uh, situation like in pubs I'll generally do that because that gives you more control over the- or in a position where you can be greedier and where you feel like you're strong I would say go for the regular build but if you're in a position where you you don't feel like you're that strong you you don't have that much control over the game and you're just going to rely on your team to win the game build, then build the aura items That that's what I would say um, and with Nature's Prophet, the reason that most people will go for the uh, kind of like tank frontliner build on Nature's Prophet is because legitimately, with the way that he plays, that's that's a really good build to go for. And I, I think Windranger can do that decent could do that decently as well because she has the, um, the the wind run. But I would say it basically just depends on the game. If you can be greedy, go for the general. Like this is why this hero is good build. And if you can't be greedy and you feel like you're behind, you just need to be a regular offlaner, that's when you build the aura items. At least that's, like, how I, how I make the decision. Because if you build auras, you're going to be useless regardless. But, or sorry, useful regardless. Yeah. But if you um, if you build into, like, Aghanim Scepters and shit like that on Windranger, you don't need the damage or you're just not snowballing. It's a fucking waste of gold, you know? It's a total waste of gold. Whereas, like, an aura to buff up somebody else that's owning is not a waste of gold.
0: Yep. I completely, completely agree with that. I think that is exactly how you should play it and sometimes you even need to shift like mid game let's say you're snowballing uh, maybe you're let's say a wind ranger for example you're snowballing you eat your early maelstrom bkb maybe and you're owning and then you die like three times in a row because they itemize to fuck you over maybe now's a good time to like finish off that greaves or something like that you know like help your team out a little bit You can you can shift gears a little bit and you always want to have auras on every team I think that's just. I think that's safe to say. There's no game of Dota where we're having auras is bad,
1: right? Um, so the the only like situation where there's there's like it's like fringe situations, but I personally think that like if you're against a heavy magic damage team. Uh, sometimes you can choose not to go pipe and just fight when everybody has BKBs. Yeah, that's, that's like itemize, Itemized to, like, situations like that. But if you don't have auras, there's always an answer for it. There's always a reason. Like, the default should be you need auras on a team unless there's a specific thing that you're doing that is a reason that you don't need auras. It, right. th- that's what I would say.
0: Yeah, this is something I do on Position 5 support a lot of the time where, like, generally how 5 plays is you get, like, your Tranquils and, like, a wand and a bunch of wards and you're running around and like that's your life for about 20 minutes. And then maybe you'll take a couple fights and you're like, what am I supposed to do with this gold? And the answer is literally just buy the aura item that your team doesn't have or the utility item that your team doesn't have and needs. Like that's basically how you itemize. And I think that's, I think that's applicable to every single game, especially in pubs where you're not going to have the coordination to be like, we need this item to solve this problem or we lose. And nobody's buying it. Just fucking buy that. doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> doesn't matter what hero or role doesn't you're playing. doesn't matter who you are, yeah. yeah. Shadow says, was watching Jenkins stream last night, it's twitch.tv slash 420 Jenkins, by the way, uh, when he queued into Windranger offlane. I was wondering why you chose to go bassy over Nulls in the laning phase. I'm also under 2k. Um, is Rat Dota the best Dota to climb from my rank? Um, I would say, like, yeah, part rat Dota, but also showing up to fights after you've split the enemy team up. I legit think Dota is as... I actually think Dota is as simple as that. It's just split the enemy team up from some good map movement, make yeah. a move where you fight, split the enemy team up from uh, just position being positioned well on the map, take a fight. That's how you that, That's pubs. actually just how to play high-level Dota, legitimately. It's so fucking simple. It's yeah. so simple.
0: That's what every good team is trying to do in competitive, and other teams are just really good at counterplaying that, but in pubs, that is how you win games consistently. Is
1: you People don't counterplay in pubs. They just exactly. They just fucking fall for it. They just, oh, well, I need to defend this tower. They go defend it, and then they fight 4v5, and then you win. It's like yep. every single fucking game yeah, up it... until like 7k you can do that. If you
0: just ensure that you never take a bad numbers fight where you have less numbers than the other team, you will win like 80% of your games.
1: Yeah. So you said, uh, why did I choose to go Bassi over Nulls in laning phase? Uh, basically, Basilius. I was using to control the creep equilibrium. And if you have a Basilius, then you can uh, make your catapult pushes a lot stronger. It's like a, it's it's a pushing thing. As an off laner, you want to be uh, shoving in lanes. If I was a mid laner, I'd go Null Talisman's number one because I can use the courier. Uh, so that's also a reason I would go Bassy because I can get the ring of protection from the side shop. But it's it's mainly because as an off laner, I want to be applying pressure. Windranger is not the greatest at shoving creep waves until she gets the power shot talent. So. I would, you know, shove the creep wave using power shot and also some right clicks and pressure towers using the uh, the basilia. So it was just kind of helping with that. Although it also recently got buffed so that it's eight damage. So I tried the uh, I tried the kind of rush bassy build and, and I did I did actually really like it. I did really like it, where you go for uh, Tango Sal uh what's it called? Uh, fuck. Sage's mask. And then you get the Fringer Protection from the Side shop. It's pretty nice just having plus eight damage as soon as the game starts. Pretty nice.
0: Split push um, is dead. That is completely false, Kareem. Sorry, <laughs> that's just completely like not.
1: hard split push is, I guess, because bots. But I mean, um,
0: dude, just look look at how OG beat EG today. That that was not supposed to be a win for EG, and they literally won the game entirely off of split pushing. So I I don't know what you're talking about.
1: I think he I think he's talking about like the like ne- don't fight for 40 minutes. Uh, win the game by split pushing as opposed to split pushing until a point where you can take a favorable fight like literally never fighting sure. that is rare that can happen but you have to get really lucky because the enemy team has to fuck up massively and if you're relying on a fuck up it's probably pretty bad but yeah just like dota is all about split pushing now in the sense that like the regular split pushing where you want to split the enemy team up by split pushing take a fight on a power spike split the enemy team up by split pushing take a fight when you feel strong and just r- rinse and repeat until you have a net worth lead and you just 5-ban take their base. That That's sure. that's like Dota right now. Yep. Actually, but there's one step in there that happens in every pro game that uh, I, I skipped because I was being lazy, but it's it's always force a fight at Roche, then take the base. Like, Roche isn't even about Aegis. It's about yep. the enemy team knows I have to fight this or we lose. They fight this, they lose the fight, they lose anyway. Like, that's what Roche is. Roche is a, okay, we're ending now. That's what Roche is. Yep. Approach says, what is the best position one to spam it or 2.5k? Whatever you're good at. Uh, I would say look at the heroes that people are picking in in, in winning with in high-level pubs is probably pretty good and just pick one that you find v- really enjoyable and you understand the play style of and it meshes well with your personality. I don't know. I don't think there's like a best the best hero. I don't know. It d- d- depends on who you are, man. Yeah. Try Sven. Whatever you're best
0: at, but Sven, Ember Spirit, can't go wrong with those two if you can play them already.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hawkillionaire says, should a level 6 Night Stalker be able to body or just beat the crap out of a level 3 Pudge and a techies in lane? Yeah. Uh, a guy I laned with just wanted to last hit. I was telling him to beat the crap out of them anytime they came close. So they don't even get close to the wave. Tell me I'm not going crazy. He had full mana this whole time. Wouldn't use a single spell. Uh, yes. Sounds like bad I, play. <laughs> uh, I think Night Stalker should be bullying with right clicks. Shouldn't use spells, though. The uh, the Q from Night Stalker does half damage during the day, so it's fucking terrible to spam. It's awful. If it's night, he, he should just dive them. He should just fight. Night Stalker just fights at night. But during the day, he should be using his high armor, his high regen, and his high base damage to bully. That, that's what he should do. Just right-clicks if the enemy team comes to the creep wave, and then farms. That's it. So, yes. You're correct, other than the mana, the mana thing, just because of the daytime bullshit. Yep. How do, you take a, how do you create a balance between... I fucking read this already. And I love this question from Eddie Mercury. Okay, so how do you create a balance between taking a break and try harding? If I stop playing for two to three days, I get worse. And if I play nonstop, I get worse. Follow-up question. How do you improve your mentality and stay positive when you're either losing games constantly or winning and losing around the same MMR? So God damn, Eddie Mercury, coming in with the hard hitters. <laughs> How do I create a balancing team, right? Fuck, man, I don't know. <laughs> don't ask, Jenkins. <laughs> let me tell you, man. Let me tell you. For the past... See, te- you caught me when I'm biased towards, like, positivity right now because I'm just owning in scrims. Just like, owning extremely good teams that I don't consider myself good enough to beat. You know, these, like, tier two teams. Like, teams that, that have qualified for minors and majors. Like, fucking... Doing very good. We're winning. We're. I can say that. I don't have to say the exact results. I can say that we're beating teams like that. And um, I think my teammates are very good players. I don't consider myself yet a good enough player to. At least I didn't. I didn't think that I was. I was skilled enough to to as a viewer, as somebody that watched those teams as a caster, to to be able to beat them. And you know, we're doing we're doing very well against. We're like obliterating a lot of a lot of these uh, half decent teams. And I didn't consider myself half decent. And the reason for it, and I'm doing well in pubs. My MMR hasn't been this high in in fucking years. Uh, The reason for it is because I currently have a good balance of uh, not staring at my computer screen for fucking 12 hours a day. I, I I think the most important thing, the most important thing that I can stress is this is a me thing. I'm not sure if you have the same problem, but if you feel yourself thinking about other shit when you're playing Dota you will play bad. Yep. That is when you don't want to play. That is at least when I don't want to play. When I have these thoughts that are interrupting, I do whatever I can to stop those thoughts from crowding my brain, whether it's just like taking a walk with my girlfriend or something like that and talking about it or sitting on the balcony or drinking tea or just chilling or taking a bath, like anything to just empty my mind of thoughts. Uh, so that's the number one thing. When, whenever you have thoughts that are just overwhelming you during games and fucking distracting you, get that shit out of there. I'm pretty sure they call that anxiety. So uh, number two, second thing, you want to play Dota when you actually want to play Dota. And I'm sure every single person in chat and every single person that's watching this knows what I'm about to, what I'm referring to when I say this, but you know, if you go on like some camping trip or you go on some, uh, let's say like in school, I, I would go on these like, you know, field trips with my, with like my classes. And I was such a huge World of Warcraft fiend back then. And probably about one or two days into the trips i would just fucking start dreaming and fantasizing of world of warcraft like i would dream that i was my fucking character that's how badly i wanted to play it's like it's like a hunger it's like an urge like you're so excited to get to your computer and play the fucking game that you love and if you make your if you if you like style your breaks around getting that back and, and have them be as as many days as it takes to get that back with dota you will come back and play like a fucking god you'll play at your apex which i guarantee is like a thousand mmr above what's your uh what your like average is like your apex is is and then obviously you can play much lower than your average mmr too if you really don't want to play if you're being toxic if you are apathetic there's a lot of if you're hungry if you're upset and depressed. There's like a lot to it, but generally, that that hunger to play will override every other negative feeling in my in, in my experience. And that's when you that's when you want to play is when you have that when you have that hunger. Yeah. That. that... I, 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 I I felt know. I felt it for so many games. Every single game that I play, it's like the days where I, I'm 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 like getting excited to sleep so I can wake up and play. Fuck! I I go god mode.
0: I I, have I, people. I can't agree enough. Like recently. I mean, just this week, I've, I've probably played like seven games of Dota in the last week. And it's not because I don't have the time to do it, but it's because if I have a tough game, I sit there and I just like listen to myself. And what I mean is like sometimes I'll even just like close my eyes and just like breathe for like 30 seconds and just like, am I hungry right now? and my fucking tires sitting at my computer and just like ask myself a couple of these questions and a lot of the time after like a super stressful game especially i mean dude i play position five support i'm hurting cats the entire fucking game like that's all i do right now is i just try to orchestrate a game for a bunch of morons (laughs) that's just every single game and so right now my tolerance for that is usually like one to two games and even if i win both games if I go for that third game, and I've been so conscious of this now, is I click the play button, and I'm just like, and I'm thinking, is there a hero that I really want to play right now? Because I, I I don't want to play the hero I just played. I don't really know if I want to play any heroes. If I don't want to play any heroes, I probably just that's don't what, want to play that's Dota. That's
1: you want to stop playing. Yeah. You look at all <laughs> the and you're like, I don't want to play any of these. That's yep. what you do not fucking play.
0: Yep. And I've been doing that, and I've been keeping my sessions to like one or two games, and I've been... On the climb. What a fucking surprise.
1: It's not about the wins, man. It's about <laughs> the losses. It's yep. about the losses that you're playing when you don't want to. That's what that's what matters. Because if you're if you're on the ball and you want to play, you you'll win. You will win. I guarantee you.
0: Yeah, because you'll actually be willing to do all the hard little things that'll win you a game. That is exactly it. That's As the biggest thing. I said it, that's the biggest fucking,
1: thing. Dota is all about the awful, shitty, boring, frustrating little things. It's about sitting there and getting fucked in the ass by a five-roll support because you know that your other lanes are winning. And if you are in a mentality where it's like, fuck this guy, I'm going to get him, and you feed when you're the only lane that has a potential to feed, and you fucking lose because you fed a lane where all you need to do is sit there, that's not good, man. That's super game losing. That is super fucking game losing. You have to be able to do the hard shit. And in order to do the hard shit, you have to actually want to play. Yeah, man. I mean, this
0: is like... I don't know. I, I want to talk about this just because it's so personal to me right now. It's This is exactly my experience, which is that I've been picking these heroes like I'm dying. Like, I've been playing Position 5 Chaos Knight for fun to try it out. And neither of these heroes can push lanes, which means that I have no control over whether the game is ending in, in, in a sense of being able to split push the enemy team. But my normal play style is very aggressive. And so I will destroy my lane and I will get kills and I will get rotations and then the outer towers will fall and then at every single game at my MMR bracket, the game stalls out now because people don't understand how to occupy the enemy side of the map and take advantage of vision and control the bit. Nobody does that correctly. And so the game always stalls here. And in the past, I'd be like, just doing a bunch of like, trying to get smokes going, continue to try and run at them, continue to try and get pickups, continue to try and snowball, And my team would just kind of lose interest in playing like that because they're scared to walk into the dark areas of the map or they're not playing correctly. And if I was feeling even remotely apathetic about that, wanting to move on to the next game, wanting to just like get that MMR and go next, that would just be how the game would end because we'd continue to run at them and die. You know, a couple people would be like, oh, cool, let's go smoke. And we'd run in 3v5 and, and lose a fight and it would snowball the other way. And now I've played five games in a row that have been 50 plus minutes and i fucking hate 50 plus minute games because they shouldn't be 50 plus minutes because they could be over at 30 minutes but they're not but i'm winning these 50 plus minute games because i'm literally just being like all right i guess i'm just gonna go sit behind this moron who's farming this jungle camp because i know the enemy team's gonna gank him in the next two minutes and we'll turn the fight and win this way So now we just have to play super defensive, even though we were snowballing, even though we had the aggression potential. We have to play defensively because my team's playing defensively. And so we do that, we win the game.
1: Yeah, that's very hard to do when you're you're not feeling like playing the game. You get to 50 minutes, your morons are feeding, it's like, fuck this shit, I'm done. (laughs) Exactly mentally you're just you just you check out base. you check out 20 it, it, minutes before the that <laughs> camp has no buyback. you weren't sitting there so you didn't turn the fight around you fucking lose
0: yep
1: just like that dark soulless eyes says uh playing five i generally try to rotate to the offlane around seven to ten minutes to fight the 10 minute bounties i like that a lot Help take the safe lane tower love it uh but if my offlaner is weak we can't take the tower, and I find myself feeling kind of lost on how to be effective at that point. Any suggestions on other ways to play the map effectively if I can't play around the offlaner? Is this as a 1? As a 5. As a a a 5, okay. Uh, So this is kind of on your cores, but you can also make this call. You can call for two cores to go to the same lane together. Just say, get your mid and your offlaner to play together. Honestly, it's just as simple as saying... Get this fucking safe lane tower, guys. Ping the safe lane tower. Say, like, let's go take this. Um, You can play around a carry. You can also just go be greedy. Like, you can go cut the creep wave or something. and Or you can... Uh, here's something that's really good as, as a 5. So, generally, your carry is going to not be in the safe lane anymore. Unless it's, like, a lifestealer or Jug, one of these, like, unkillable heroes. Generally, uh, off, your safe lane is going to, like, want to go farm triangle. If you're a 5, a really good way that you can play the map and get a lot of gold and efficiency off the map is by just sitting in trees, defending towers. And enemy team will die to you, and yes, you'll feed. Maybe your team will turn the fight and get a couple kills. You're going to die a lot, but you're going to get very farmed. You're going to prevent the enemy team from pushing towers for a long time. Because chances are, if your offlaner is losing, then the enemy team feels strong. They're going to want to push. Play the fucking dead lane. It's amazing to do on heroes like Winter Wyvern. Uh, Even something like a Warlock can do it. Like Donnie was saying about undying. I don't care if you are a hero that can't do something well. If that just is the thing that needs to be done. You just need to go do it. You just need to go try and do it, and it'll be better than it'll be better than making a play that can't be made, essentially. Yep. I okay. Dad. <laughs> Jesus, hockey Air. Good lord. Last one was more of a rant, I know, but for reals, one for now. There's a whole paragraph. Okay, so generally, the off lane position three carry comes online early to mid game and can start creating space and making plays around the map. Your safe lane position one carry generally takes that space and only comes online. Mid to late game. That is correct, uh, generally. But what happens if you have a Night Stalker? Oh my god! It's a fucking Night Stalker again! Uh, a Night Stalker, as your chosen position, one safe lane, and hence don't have a hard carry, should they be active a lot earlier? And generally, that's what those heroes are good at, or you play them as a hard carry and farm for 40 plus minutes. No, you, you would pick a, a timber saw or a Night Stalker or some shit like that, in the safe lane, specifically to be active. Otherwise, you just pick something that's better at the 40-plus minute mark. Because I guarantee you, a Night is not going to do as well as like a PL or an Anti-Mage or some shit like that at the 40-minute mark. Otherwise, he'd be a carry. So if you're picking a hero that's not a carry in the safe lane, it's for the purpose of, okay, they have good late game. Let's not go late game. Let's be active. Even if we do go late game, we're going to be so active in the mid-game that we have map control, and they can't get out of their base, and we'll outfarm them. That's how you should be playing those heroes, and that's by fighting. So... I feel that even though they are position one, they shouldn't just immediately mean that they're the late game farmer. Yes, I agree with you.
0: Yeah, sometimes the late game farmer is the two, like an alchemist in the mid lane. Yep. Um, that being said, just to play devil's advocate, Night nice Stalker may be a carry, but nobody really knows. He, he's been playing a carry
1: a couple of times. Uh, I, had a thought, I had that thought as well, because like the ultimate's actually pretty good, but that's more so of this like fringe, you just happen to pick something that yep. people currently view as... Like, a saw as an example, is a hero that is just unequivocally not, like, a late-game carry. Is right. that the correct usage of that word? I don't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> that's just not that's just not a late-game carry. Right. He does the same thing. Everybody knows what he does in the late-game. Unless there's a very specific reason. And still, you, wouldn't, you, you just wouldn't, you know, farm on a Timbersaw. Wouldn't be worth it. He's that never going to
0: probably. be able to man-fight the other carry, basically, Timbersaw. Correct, not correct. Possible. The Night
1: Stalker, maybe, but only because they fucking changed him recently. Yeah. Uh, but I doubt it. I don't think so. I don't think, I think <laughs> most people would say, probably, that's probably not a carry. And if it is, it's some weird build that, like, Battle Fury that nobody's done yet or some shit like that. But uh, no, nobody has discovered that technology. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, RFX says, uh, RFX the fucking god, says, god, if this is a Kegel's question, Omni Knight, position fives now 3-0 and oh at Epicenter. Clearly this overpowered hero will shift the meta and either be new, uber nerfed How long until you start Kegels regularly prescribed? For fuck's (laughs) sakes! I knew he was going to do the Kegels! Every time with this guy, he's telling me to do Kegels. Uh, Okay, position 5 Omni Knight. Not a huge fan. I would assume it's picked against like a core Batrider or something like that. It's probably to fuck over like specific core important heroes games as a position 5. I personally just had an Omni Knight in a pub. And uh, there was a bat rider on the enemy team, and they just played position five bat, and then you just have this useless position five hero countering another useless position five hero. It's awful. <laughs> it was completely miserable. Nothing happened in the game. We had like enchantress, omni, supports. It was completely terrible. And uh, I, I would say yes, it's 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 great to like flex these heroes to be to be fives, um, if if it's a really good game for them. But if it's not a really good game for them, I would say. You know, you don't want to just pick some like weird hero in a, in a weird world just because, just because like it's it's it really. I mean, hero has no stuns. Like the hero has no stuns. If there's not stuff to purge, then what what does he offer? Like a heal. The heal's not that good.
0: Yeah. So I'm yeah. looking. I'm looking at the three games that he's won. One was with a Nightstalker safe lane core, so a strength core who benefits from stats resistance really heavily. Um, the other one was with a Sven safe lane core. Uh, this was VP, which also strength hero who benefits from status resistance. Um, he went for S and Y satanic plus the status resistance So he basically against just has a VKP.
1: Against what heroes?
0: Uh, this was against Life Stealer, Spirit Breaker, Wyvern, Bristle, and Ember Spirit. And then the
1: other one was decent against Omnigames. a Bat Rider, so that makes sense. Decent decent Omni games. But I would say, like, Omni's not a bad hero. I just don't think it's, like, I don't think it's some Warlock first pick five Oh, material. yeah, 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 definitely not. Super punishable, super punishable. Okay, so uh, why when am I going to start doing Kegels? Uh, I already do Kegels uh, all the time um, during masturbation. Uh, Anatera says, uh, why are you guys so cool? Honestly, just, um, it's like, genetics. Just, like, mostly, mostly genetics for me. And I'm just a very sexual person and uh, had a lot of, uh, you know, sexuality uh, in my life when I was in high school. Lots of uh... Is that what makes you cool? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like <laughs> just something that makes you have a lot of charisma and just have a lot of sex with real women that really existed. Um, and that's what happened to me in my life. What about you, Donnie? You, you boning? <laughs> uh, what's the next question? Okay, the last Crusader says, is there a way to win if you have a really bad team? Probably not. I find that if I have a good team, I never lose. But if I have a bad team, no matter how good I do, I just can't win. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot... This goes back to like the actually wanting to play Dota thing. If you have a really bad team, it takes a lot of effort to carry that game from the brink. You have to be willing to put that effort in. And already, if you're saying, I always lose with bad teams, like you're already giving up on it. So... Yeah, it's hard. It fucking sucks, man. I can tell you there's there's a few games that I've played in like my streak to to get to my MMR right now where like we lose every fucking lane and I just go hit jungle and then I come online and like hit hit one huge thing in a fight and own and completely solo carry the game and I could tell you that if I if I wasn't really feeling Dota, there's no fucking way I can do that on autopilot. So like step number one is to just think yes, yes you can. Yes, you can. Just play the best Dota possible. And if you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. But uh, when, when you have the mentality of like, fuck, my team sucks. We're probably going to lose this because I never win with a bad team. Uh, you're just going to lose everything because you're not going to be willing to put it in. Take a
0: effort. break. Don't play no more Dota for a while. That's my best advice. If that's how you feel. If you feel like you have no impact. And I mean, going me be honest. If you feel like you have no impact in your games and you're probably not having fun, which means you need to stop playing Dota because it's not fun for you. So just take a break until you actually want to play the game. Put in the work Try to get better. Otherwise, do something else with your time that's more constructive.
1: Yeah. The Zuck says, What are your thoughts? Oh, I just spit my coke everywhere. Uh, what are your thoughts on college team Dota? How good do you need to be to be in a league like that? Yeah, you can be pretty dog shit to be in a college league. Um, I am actually an expert because I casted a uh, college league and there's tons of like random ancients and divine players and, you know. Co- Compared to like tier one players, that, that that's not even that's not even Dota. That's like, that's that's some. I I think you could take almost any tier two team and put them in a college league and they would fucking dumpster the entire league and win the and win the league. Like college Dota, super far behind what I wish it was at. You know what I mean? Like I feel like if it was like traditional sports, then college dota would be legit like tier two dota but college dota is like tier five dota right now so it's like
0: it's um, like tier six battle cups basically
1: <laughs> yeah it's like tier six battle cups so i would say if you can get on a college team fucking do it because right now it is free money because there are there are uh like universities putting money you know universities they're rolling in money you know there's a this big bubble in america everybody has these ridiculous sc- student debts they are fucking swimming in money so there's tens of thousands of dollars to be won and I would absolutely take advantage of that if you're if you're in college. I've even heard of people getting like scholarships and shit like that. So yeah, go for it. You you don't need to be an immortal player to do that. Like legit, I think ancient is probably high enough. Ancient and and divine. That's what a lot of the players are. There there are the occasional like one team will have a top 200 player and they just fucking win everything and they go to like the lands and shit because that's enough to carry them. It's just one player being top 200. Yep. So yeah, yep. I, I would say I would say I would say definitely like go for it if you're if you're ancient or, or divine and and you could win it a lot of money.
0: There's I mean there's nothing wrong
1: with just getting some competitive experience if you enjoy it, just do it. It's fun. It's really fun. Like it, it's I mean fuck man, life's all about experiences. You could go to like a LAN or some college LAN. Like that'd be really fun. Hell yeah, give her man. That shit's great. The WCGs and WCAs and these like uh, national tournaments where. um You know, it's like you're a country playing. They're awful Dota as well. It's completely dog tier. Like, people aren't teams. They don't have any synergy with each other. It's a bunch of players who otherwise would never go to a LAN. It's not Dota, but it's a fucking amazing time. It's so much fun. And it's fun to watch. It's just a different experience than, like, the tier one extremely competitive Dota, you know? Yep. Ebert, 42, watching the majors and minors and these pro drafts with analysis are awesome, but I feel like drafting for pubs is way different due to no bans. I agree. Uh, What if if anything can we learn from the pro drafts and analysis to take into our pubs? Uh, I would just say pay close attention to pick order, like when people are picking stuff after other stuff. Uh, Just because there's bans in in pro matches, it, it doesn't take away from the fact that there's still this like pick order. Like you'll have, you know, TA picked... When you know what the last pick, you know what the mid-pick is. Actually, TA is the opposite. A lot of the time you'll pick TA. Depends on the meta. People will pick TA to force a counter. So you know that the mid-hero is going to be a certain subset of heroes. Like there are there are certain times when things are picked. And and that that is the same in pubs. That's what I would say you can take from it. Is like the timing of of when things are picked after each other, when are our... the only thing that's kind of rough is that. In um in pubs there's like MMR where people will want usually they'll take like a certain role that uh, a certain role they want the high MMR players will play like core and as a result of this supports have to pick first in competitive what will usually happen is um you'll pick like support carry or support offlane or something like that or these like flexible heroes so that way you can ban out certain heroes for the second pick that you picked like AKA you have bans to f- Follow up, and I, I guess that's just something that you—it's—it's it's very complicated, but that—that's something you want to take note of. If, if if like if somebody picks something and then immediately bans two things, that would be equivalent to picking the hero in a pub after you've already seen what those roles of heroes are. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like there are certain things that are in competitive that are good and pubs are not because they're just hard counters. People people can pick.
0: Yeah, I would also say like if there are pro players or ex-pro players on the panel, it's usually pretty good to listen to their analysis. Like I think. As, as much of a meme as Kyle is, his analysis during drafts is quite he's good. He's great, yeah. I mean, he was a captain. He yeah, did
1: exactly. That he, guy had like 10 different rosters that he took to fucking 10 different minors and majors. Yeah. He's, the he's guy's really
0: good. He has a very good insight into the game.
1: Yep. Uh, I read on Reddit a predictive method of reviewing replays where you watch a professional replay, pause every 30 seconds to try to predict the next actions, and use that to confirm slash correct your assumptions about the optimal play. That's fucking cool. I like that. Uh, is this valuable enough that you'd implement it yourself, or is it a gimmick? Yeah, I think that's I think that's really interesting. I would definitely like to try that, just to see. Um, I think that's good. I I find that um, a lot of the, the time, that's the most satisfying thing about watching replays for me is like I'll watch Zai step out of a sandstorm or something against a certain matchup, and I'll just think, I would die here if I did this, and then he dies, <laughs> and it's like, holy fuck! Like I actually knew it was going to happen. <laughs> it's usually mistakes that you notice right. because like you do it in a pub and you're like "Ooh, i i die in pubs when i do that and then he dies and it's like oh right so he's the same as me <laughs> like he has some <laughs> of the same thoughts that i do or it's like he's like oh fuck, i fucked up right um yeah I, I don't i think that's really cool i think that's a cool idea
0: yeah i think any any sort of exercise to make it a game make it more interesting is probably good because people don't watch enough replays so if you can make replay review interesting to yourself you'll get a lot better
1: yep Trash Can Magic says, all right, Jenkins, if we're talking mentality, how do you keep the desire to be really good at Dota when there are other things in life that are quote-unquote more important, a.k.a. he actually says Allah, uh, work, family. It sometimes feels like the better I do at one thing, the worse I do at everything else, just like Safe Lane Night Stalker. Uh, for me, I mean, I've talked about this a little bit before, but for me, it's just like um, there's... No fucking point to it all, anyway. So it's just like, I just like playing games. I guess I guess I went through this period of accepting who I am and the fact that I just really like games and want to spend my time doing it. And uh, for me, it was more i was I've always been motivated to play to some degree. It's just that I've always had these insecurities that have prevented me from doing what I actually want to do. And being able to like wipe away those insecurities by saying there's no fucking point anyway. What, why be insecure? I'm just automatically motivated to just play and, and be good. Um, also, this is something that, Oh God, I don't know if he, he'd want me to, to to say this. I guess it's more of like a motivational thing that he said to me, but CCNC and C said to me when, when he finished coaching me, he's like, uh, you need to not look at the top of the stairs. You need to enjoy the process of like climbing the stairs. Like, you need to if you're and and I feel like that's why uh, getting better at Dota works for me is I I really like the process of playing games and learning stuff and and I I really enjoy that I'm just focusing on that I'm not motivated because I think I'm gonna go to TI or I think I'm gonna qualify for minors and majors and my team is like we're actually pretty good uh, legit I think a year ago I would have the mentality like oh we can actually go to TI right now I don't give a fuck if we go to TI or not if if we if we qualify through the opens for for the for TI. Regionals. I don't give a fuck. It's more so I just am really enjoying learning. I'm really enjoying getting better. I'm really enjoying scrimming. I'm really enjoying pubbing. I'm just allowing myself to enjoy like the day to day actions that I'm that I'm taking. And uh, whatever whatever happens, happens. I guess I guess that's my answer is that I'm for, for me it's it's more so that I'm not it's not that I'm motivated to, to a certain goal, it's that I'm actually enjoying like working towards towards that goal. That, that
0: that's the secret to just being happy with what you're doing in life. Is if you
1: enjoy the process,
0: you enjoy the shitty parts of the process, you enjoy the good parts of the process, and the entire process is a nice even keel of like satisfaction day in and day out, that's how you get excellent at stuff. That's how you're happy in life. That is how you achieve the stuff that you actually want to achieve. So uh, my advice to you, my friend, is basically, if you're losing motivation for playing Dota, just take a break. Like I've said this many times, this podcast already, but it's like, what? Why not just take a break, do some other stuff for a while? Like, unless none of
1: it, none of it fucking matters anyway. Just do what you want. <laughs> yeah, I you- mean,
0: here's the thing: like, if you are on the cusp of breaking into a tier one team, maybe you should push harder. Maybe you know, it's it's all about a balance. Like, are you close to achieving something great with what you're doing? Something that would like maybe change your life. And if you are, then maybe you should push harder for that. I don't know. But if you're just kind of playing Dota as a hobby and you feel like you're not necessarily motivated to continue playing it because it's not fun, you don't feel like you're getting better, just do some other shit, man. Like, have some other experiences, and then if you feel like Dota is a piece that's missing from your life, then come back to it with a different perspective, knowing that it is actually important to you and it's okay to care about it. Like... I don't know what else you can say about that, you know? It's a personal thing, but if uh if it matters to you, then you will probably enjoy the bad parts of it.
1: Yep. Yep. I uh J. Cole said in one of his songs there's beauty in the struggle and then he said the n-word. But um <laughs> I agree. I agree. There there is there is a certain beauty in, in just A lot of the time you think like I don't know, you know what they say like the peak it's not about like the peak of the mountain or whatever it's about you know like walking up and having the adventure like you don't go on a hiking trip cuz you actually want to get from point A to point B you do it for the experience yeah and uh, I think I think a lot of the time it's easy to forget that that the the experience your your day-to-day experience people feel like they're building towards something but they never actually give themselves time to to enjoy life I guess um actually this is this is a bit of a tangent but a few months ago i literally gave myself permission to like be happy i gave myself permission to feel good about where i was at i was like man i'm proud of Dota alchemy we have a lot of viewers a, we have a a, a community of people like we have fucking hawkillionaires and and trash can magics and the zucks we have people we have these actual people that are like integral to our lives now we have a huge community. We have a st- stream following. We have people who comment every single. Like this is us. You know what I mean? And I actually allowed myself to finally feel good about that after working so fucking hard from when Pugna went down. You know, because it was such a struggle. Donnie and I were literally trying to just like pay rent. And um, I just I had the realization, are, but,
0: you know, at least we're happy,
1: doing well, it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, but but still, it's like we had literally no money. We're like I was struggling to get like two hundred bucks a month to to pay. You know to to pay for like $400 of rent. And then I did like 10 coaching sessions or some shit in a, in a while also like programming the web. I mean, it wasn't, it's not, it's not like I'm fucking lifting bricks or something, but it was, it was a struggle. And um, I still had that kind of mentality where it's like, Oh, I'm not going to be happy until I, until I get what I'm working towards. But the thing is like, number one, you're human. You're never going to be happy with where you're at. You're always going to want more. It's like Matumba man. When he said he fucking, when he won TI, He's like, I don't know what to do now. I guess I'll just win another TI. And he was serious. He was kind of like depressed. Because uh that's just what happens if you're if you're um like focused, focused on the goal. Like, when are you going to actually sit, allow yourself to sit down and enjoy life if you're just constantly working towards a goal? Uh Zyori called Zyori, the the way that he the way that he like was phrased it, he's huge about this. And so was Carlo, our other roommate that we lived with when I was living at Moonduck. They called it like micro retirements. Like their idea of, of life, their ideal situation in life is where they like make a company, work extremely hard, sell it, micro retire for like two years, get experience, learn something new, come back, make a company, sell it, retire. Like that's that's the way they want to live life. And I, I fucking really respect that. I think that makes so much more sense to me. That's like the than, Tim
0: Ferriss way of, of living.
1: I don't know who that is, but I I, I love the I love the idea.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. Um, but basically, basically, I guess all I'm trying to say here, very, very like uh, half-assly and extended because it's right at the end of the podcast, and I'm getting tired. But um, and it's hot in here too because my AC is not on because it'd be loud. Is that I think that there's just time that you should let yourself just be fucking happy with the fact you're alive, you're physically doing okay, you have a a, a, a you know a roof over your head. You have, otherwise, you're just if you're constantly focused on the goal, you're going to be constantly feeling shit. There has to be a balance. There has to be a balance. Anyway. Yeah, man. This is super super tangential. Super tangential. Yeah,
0: but so uh, that's it, right? That's the last question.
1: Hawk <laughs> one more question. He says, <laughs> fun one. This will be the last question we do because this has been going long. Um, what would you both say you do best in a game of Dota? In, a game, a-, in a game of Dota? Yeah, what do you do best? I actually have a, uh, I have like a an edgy answer to this question. If you want to go first,
0: <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, I think that what I do best in the game of Dota is have a global picture of what's happening with all ten heroes in my mind most of the game, um, and that's why. What's well, one of the reasons I enjoy playing support is just I feel like I enjoy the game more when I'm aware of the entire picture and can make like longer term plans but it also makes me miserable because a lot of other people are focused at this current moment and their ideas of how the game is going is usually in huge disparity to mine but I don't know I, I just think I think that's a fun skill to have and that's that's what I do best because that's what I
1: focus on the most my, my answer to this is something that has actually changed recently I believe that It is a a fallacy. It is a a prop, it's propagated bullshit in the Dota 2 scene that you have like one style of playing Dota. I think that if you can't play a, a Dota in a certain way, if you can't do a certain thing in the game, it's because you just haven't learned yet how to do it or how to think in that way. But I've recently learned how to do different things and play way safer and way less chaotically than I used to. And I was convinced for a long time that I was just a chaotic player and that I needed to embrace the chaos. And I think that is one way to approach it. But I also think that the human brain is extremely capable at learning new things. Sometimes it just takes a while. And even if you, for example, aren't a mid player, learning how to play Invoker would still benefit you in playing against Invokers and shit like that. So I guess, what would I say I do best in a game of Dota? Uh, My answer to that would probably be that. I'm very good at like creating space, creating chaos, like get, getting the enemy team to overreact to shit. However, with that being said, I think that that is not always the best thing to be doing, and I try really hard to to, to not uh, overcommit to doing that as like a playstyle. Like I would consider myself as a as a versa- I would want to be a versatile player, and I'm trying to be a versatile player in terms of hero picks and and, and play styles. And I think that you can you can get there. Um, it's just that you need to you need to think about the game in in a certain way. You need to have like epiphanies for each kind of style of, of hero. Uh, that's 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 my edgy ass answer.
0: No, it's legit adaptability. Very very good good statistic to have in your life. Like if that's something you can do to adapt to situations. So thanks for all the questions. This was very long, but we uh, we appreciate all the support and all the questions that our patrons are bringing. Sorry we couldn't get to any chat questions, but. Uh, That's just how it goes sometimes. We saw there's lots of heated discussion in there. And uh, I just wanted to say to you guys in chat, if you guys are arguing about stupid minutiae on the internet, maybe you should go play some Dota and have some fun in your life instead.
1: I love the arguments. Keep them coming.
0: (laughs) Keep those chat messages going. It's a metric that we can sell to advertisers. So, you know, pump that shit out. (laughs) All right. Until next time, we'll see you guys later.